Welcome to the Simply Magic Podcast, a show that gives you the tools you need to pursue your big, crazy, and wildest dreams while still showing up for yourself, your relationships, and your life. We show you how to simplify your life so you can create magic in the things that matter. I'm your host, Kelsey. Now let's dive into today's episode. I think key two of the Simply Magic lifestyle is probably my favorite one. It's the key that was the most eye-opening for me when I was building this framework because it's the one that made me realize that I didn't need more time. I was just spending my time poorly. I was managing my time by task blocking, scheduling, and planning, but I wasn't managing my time the same way I would manage my money as a resource. So in today's episode, we're going to be working through the second key in the Simply Magic Lifestyle Framework, which is prioritizing and simplifying. This episode is going to be full of actionable steps to help you learn strategies you can use to free up your time so you can spend more of it working on your big dreams and building lasting relationships with those you love. One of the basic principles of the Simply Magic Lifestyle Framework is that you can't do everything and do it well. Learning to prioritize and simplify is a key component to making consistent progress on your goals without getting overwhelmed. Most likely you've already been told at some point that prioritizing is an important aspect of life and we all have learned to prioritize to some extent, but the reality is many of us have habits that cause us to make bad choices in regards to our time over and over again. But that ends today. You get to be the gatekeeper of what you allow onto your schedule. You get to decide what's worth your time, so I'm going to teach you how you can be a good gatekeeper. Your time is a limited resource, meaning you can't get any more of it. You use it up and then it's gone. So when you're thinking about how you're going to spend your time, think about it as a resource, just like money. Do you impulsively spend it on the next thing you see without thinking? Or do you allocate it wisely and try to get the most out of it? Both options are valid and there's a time to be spontaneous and a time to be dedicated and reserved, but we want to get in the habit of thinking about our time as a resource and leaning towards intentionally using our time more often than we are unintentionally wasting it. Let me give you a quick example. If you've been following along with my story for a while, you might have heard me talk about how when I was first married, I felt like I needed to be good at everything. Well, maybe not everything, but I thought being good at certain things like cleaning and cooking defined whether or not I was a good wife. I'm honestly embarrassed when I think about it now because as I've gotten older, I've realized that being a good wife and having a good marriage has almost nothing to do with those two qualities. How many times have you heard someone say they ended their marriage because their wife didn't make good food? Anyways, it wasn't until I realized that in my attempt to be good at everything, not only was I not being good at anything, I also wasn't very happy. I was living for someone else and making myself exhausted over things that weren't really that important to me. So I made a change. Give yourself permission to be selective about what's on your to-do list. Pay attention to where your time and energy are going. And do this consistently. You can't just think about your priorities once a year. As circumstances and seasons in our life change, so will our priorities, and that's okay. If you're building a new house this year, your priorities are going to have to shift in order for you to make time to meet with contractors, look for ideas, and select finishes. If you're having a baby in a few months, you're going to have to make changes to allow yourself the time to take care of yourself and your baby. You need to make a habit of consistently taking inventory on where you are spending your time and what's most important to you in the moment. 
Now, before I go into some of the actionable steps you can take to start practicing prioritizing in your everyday life, I want to also talk about simplifying because they kind of go hand in hand. Simplifying is definitely my favorite part of the Simply Magic lifestyle because it's where I personally saw the most progress and change. So it's a big reason the word simple is woven into the framework in so many different ways. You can look at simplifying like picking and choosing things to be lazy about. For most of us, we can't just simply ignore things on our to-do list that we don't want to do. The kids still need to eat dinner and get to school. That research paper still needs to be written if we're going to graduate. And the dog still needs to be walked. Those things on our to-do list are still important. They just need to be simplified in order to make room for the things we want to be doing. There are so many different strategies for simplifying, and we're going to be talking about a lot of them in more detail in future episodes. But for now, I want to share with you my aha moment of when I realized that the world isn't black and white, that I didn't need to do or not do something, that I could come up with creative ways to simplify the things I didn't like doing to make life a little bit easier. My husband and I have family parties at our house from time to time. When we were first married, I felt so much pressure at these parties to have everything perfect. And looking back, I've realized that much of my need for perfection came from an insecurity I developed later in life after being surrounded by people who are constantly judging others. It's been a great lesson in toxic relationships for me, but that's a story for another day. I would spend money I didn't have on food and decorations to create the perfect Pinterest-worthy atmosphere for my party. I imagined my guests coming over and telling me how wonderful everything looked and praising me for being so put together. Honestly, for the amount of money I was spending on these parties alone, I could have easily paid for everyone to just go out to dinner. But alas, that was not the point, so I spent the time, the money, and the energy putting together elaborate dinners regardless of the fact that I hated cooking and my husband hated having people over to our house. While the parties turn out fine, I was usually stressed for days before and it was a bit of a letdown for me when after spending three days preparing for a party, it only lasted two hours and then I spent another four hours cleaning up. Once I started to really embrace the Simply Magic lifestyle, I realized the reasons behind my actions. I also realized that I didn't need to be great or even good at everything. I decided instead to shift my mindset to allow me to simplify the things that didn't matter to me so I could have more time to focus on the things I care about. I chose to be lazy about family parties. I now make very basic meals or I get it catered. There's very little balloons, decorations, and things like that. It's just the family getting together to enjoy each other's company, and that's what's important to me. This allows me to spend more time interacting and engaging with my guests at the parties I host because I'm spending less time frantically cleaning up and trying to maintain this facade of the perfect host. Now here's my disclaimer that I include every time I talk about the things in my life that I hate doing. If you love entertaining and being a host, by all means, please continue to be magical in it. There is a lot of value in it, and if it makes you happy, that's what you should be doing. The point of this example is that I don't personally enjoy it, and I was doing it for the wrong reasons, which left me feeling deflated and disappointed every single time. This is about simplifying the things in your life that you don't want to do, not just simplifying everything. Now that we know what I mean by simplifying and prioritizing, we can dig into the good stuff, the actionable steps that you can implement today to get you moving in the right direction. The first thing I want you to do is to track your time. Think of this as taking inventory or counting your money. You're taking stock of where your time is currently going and it's a very eye-opening exercise. 
In my experience, you'll be shocked at how much you're doing and it will be immediately clear why you feel so overwhelmed. You might be surprised to see how much time you're actually wasting being on your phone, watching TV, or doing something else that isn't really that important to you and doesn't move you towards your goals. And you also might be shocked to see how much longer tasks take to complete than what you might have anticipated. So this task can not only help you to spend your time more intentionally, but it can also help you to set realistic expectations for how long certain tasks take, allowing you to allocate your time more appropriately, which will go a long way towards helping relieve stress and overwhelm. So to help you with this, I've included a link in the podcast description to where you can download my time tracking worksheet for free. This is what I personally use. You can print it out or you can use it digitally on your iPad, phone, or tablet. There are also a handful of apps on the market that do the same thing, but I find having something physically in front of me for a whole day helps me to stay on top of it. The next thing I want you to do in order to set some good productivity habits is to determine what I call your non-negotiables. These are the things that are always, without a doubt, priorities to you. Having a list of non-negotiables make prioritizing on a weekly or daily basis pretty straightforward and simple, so it's a great place to start. I personally reevaluate my non-negotiables on a quarterly basis, so don't feel like these have to be set in stone. I've said this a hundred times and I will say it 100 times more. Our priorities change with each season in our lives and that's okay. It's not reasonable to expect yourself to stay the same throughout time. Having a system and a plan that's flexible and changes with you is important and invaluable. Some of my non-negotiables include eating a healthy breakfast, having a morning routine that clears my mind and sets my schedule, taking care of my kids, like feeding them, spending time with them, and making sure they are clean and have everything that they need, getting at least seven hours of sleep at night, spending quality time with my husband, and seeing my extended family at least once a month. So take a few moments to write down some of your non-negotiables that you want to carry with you for the upcoming season. Hang them up somewhere where you will see them on a daily basis so you can keep them in the front of your mind. We will go into more detail as to how you can set up your schedule in a later podcast episode, but for now, I would highly recommend scheduling out your non-negotiables first. Set up routines that support them, like having a morning or an evening routine, and start implementing them now. The last action step for today's episode is to learn to say no. No is a great word. It's simple and it's straightforward, but so many of us feel pressured from society to constantly take on more and more tasks in our already overwhelmed schedules. There's peer pressure from friends, family, and colleagues to have clean house host parties or take on that new project at work. There's pressure from social media to be a perfect mom, wife, or girlfriend, to travel, to be successful, to have a nice huge house, or a fancy new car. And while all of these things are fine things to aspire to, we cannot do everything and do it well. So we need to start saying no to the things that really just aren't that important to us. Think of the things you do because of expectation, not because you enjoy them. I built a new house about three years ago. When we were first starting our project, my husband and I drove around to various model homes, went through the parade of homes, and scoured Pinterest to get a better idea of what we wanted. There are so many cool ideas out there, and it's really easy to get swept up in wanting everything. But before we started looking, my husband and I set a budget for our new house. We sat down and we discussed our long-term goals for our lifestyles and determined our priority list for how we spent our money. Having this big picture in mind, we decided to not max out our income on our house payment. 
We decided that having financial security, traveling while our children are young, and having a large property to support my husband's dream of a big shop and my dream of having a cut flower garden were our non-negotiables. I also didn't want to spend my life cleaning a huge house and wanted to get something easily manageable for us to take care of. So we decided to say no to the massive parade show home and to get something well within our means. I like gardening, I don't like cleaning, so we bought more land and less house. Our house is still beautiful, functional, and has plenty of space for our family. We also decided to move further away from our family in order to get more property for a dollar. We said no to buying a house close to family in order to save them and ourselves a 30-minute drive the few times a year that we visit. And we said no to others' opinions that having a large piece of land would be too much for us to take care of. It has everything we need and want for our family, but we decided to say no to the things that weren't incredibly useful for us, even if they would be nice, and said yes to the things that supported our dreams. For me, building our house was a great lesson in learning to say no for the right reasons. I wasn't saying no because I was lazy or because I simply couldn't do it. I was saying no to things because they didn't support my big picture. And saying no allowed me to say yes to other things. Saying yes to a big expensive house would have meant less funds to travel and less time to spend making memories with my kids while they are little because I would have to spend more time maintaining a larger space. Those things are invaluable to me. So now whenever I see something on Pinterest and my gut instinct is to think, oh, I should have done that, I quickly go back to my big picture and why I made the decisions I did. I remember that I now have the financial freedom to go on that big vacation with my family, to spend a whole afternoon in the garden with my kids making memories, or to order DoorDash whenever I want just so I can spend another hour playing with my kids without worrying about making lunch. And the truth is, I'm incredibly content, happy, and at peace with my decision. This is what learning to say no is about. So I challenge you to make a list of things you're going to say no to in your upcoming season so you can say yes to your non-negotiables. Think about the different aspects of your life, like your health, your family, your work. What doesn't bring you joy? What do you find daunting and how can you take it off your plate? Then make a list of what you can say yes to now that you have said no to those things. What will you have more time, money, and energy for? Those things will carry you through when you start to second guess your decisions. At first, saying no might make you feel guilty. You might feel uncomfortable telling other people that you don't want to do something that they deem as important. This is especially true with family dynamics. But remember this, no means no. You do not owe anyone an explanation or a justification. They do not have the right to decide what's important to you and what's not. Simply not wanting to do something is justification enough. But I find that it's polite to give a very simple explanation that I'm saying no to this because I have limited resources and spending my time doing that is more important right now and most reasonable people will understand. And if you need some good examples of how you could word this, here are a couple I would recommend. In a work setting, you could use something like this. I'm sorry I won't be able to take on that new project because I want to make sure that I have the time and energy to focus on making my current project spectacular. And trying to do both will mean that neither project will be its best. An example with extended family would be, I'm sorry I won't be able to host the Super Bowl party this weekend because I'm focusing on spending more quality time with my kids and hosting that party here will mean that I won't be able to spend that time with them. Or going back to social pressure when we built our house. 
while I love that you want us to live close to you and we would love to see you more, we are choosing to prioritize our family's financial security and the ability to spend quality time with our kids over being close in proximity to extended family because we cannot afford both. And one last example in regards to having a baby. I'm sorry we aren't allowing visitors right now. I've chosen to prioritize getting rest and trying to enjoy my new baby with my family, and I can't do that if I'm also worried about keeping the house clean and entertaining guests, but I will let you know when that changes. Most people will understand that you have to do what's best for yourself and your family and will want you to make decisions that benefit you. Those who don't aren't worth pleasing anyways, so just let it be and move on. It might feel awkward and uncomfortable at first, especially if you're used to saying yes out of obligation. But over time, you and those around you will get used to it and it won't be a big deal. These three principles are incredibly powerful and go such a long way towards freeing up your time and energy so that you can invest it back into yourself. While I have tons more tips on how you can prioritize and simplify, starting with these three action steps will give you a great head start. Next month, we're going to be diving into key three, which is creating simple goals that you can actually stick with. And I'm so excited to share with you my simple goal setting method. I so appreciate you tuning into today's show. If you did enjoy it, make sure to leave a review so I can know what you thought. Your feedback is so important to me and it helps the show more than you will ever know. If you want more Simply Magic in your life, make sure to join me over at inkandpine.co. And don't forget to meet me right back here next month to learn more on how you can be magical in the things that matter and simplify the things that don't.